0: Whenever one mentions Roman history, the first thing that comes to most minds is that of gladiatorial games in ancient Rome. Roman civilization is often considered to be one of the major ancient European civilizations, after that of Greece. Italy had become the nucleus of Roman society, and eventually, it spread through the Mediterranean. Over a period of time, several tribes like the Osco Umbrians, Samnites, and the Celtic tribes came to inhabit Rome. These tribes essentially spoke Indo European languages. However, there was one particular tribe in the northern region, which was the only non Indo European speaking tribe in the whole of Rome. These were the Etruscans, who later began to usher in massive urbanization and growth of agricultural practices, with the help of exploitation of the northwestern plains of Italy. Subsequently, Italy gave way to a rich civilization with mixed populations. However, the historical backdrop of the birth of the Senate, and further transition to the Roman monarchy, is widely known by many, if not all. We also know about how the Roman Empire subsequently expanded its political influence by conquering Syria, Macedonia, Greece, and Egypt, as well as the mighty commercial center of Carthage. Further, the Punic Wars gave them access to Corsica, and Sicily. But that is entirely a different political history of the Roman Kingdom. Pop culture fanatics know of the mighty gladiators of ancient Rome, and the stories of their fights and victories. What remains to be seen therefore, is how much we actually know about this particular section of Roman society back in the days of antiquity. These heroes of the Roman amphitheater were an important part of Roman culture. A Roman gladiator was initially a combatant, who originally performed in Etruscan funerals. An integral part of the cult of the dead, they were matched against other fighters, in the hope of propitiating the dead with offerings of blood. Roman gladiators ranged from animal wrestlers, to people from the nobility, or even emperors, like Commodus. Though most of them were essentially slaves, and criminals, Gladiatorial games were also joined by citizens who were heavy on debt. Others were free men, who comprised of almost half the number. Yet some others were social outcasts or soldiers who were discharged from their services. They were given a minimal fee for signing up and were asked to take an oath, which demanded complete submission to their trainers or the lannister, and to be burnt or beaten to death if ordered to do so. With the passage of time, gladiatorial games gained widespread popularity among the masses females etched their names on their jewelry, slogans filled public bath walls, and bills were affixed on the walls of houses. These bills listed the names of the competitors, the date and time of the show, name of the giver, and the types of combats that were to take place. Shows were announced long before they were to take place, and several copies of bills were sold to the people on the streets. The gladiatorial games began with a procession of the combatants, followed by a sham fight, with swords and javelins. The sound of the trumpet, signaled the start of the show, and combatants were subsequently drawn into the arena, with whips and hot iron rods. The fate of a wounded gladiator was decided by the audience, who viewed the deathly fights as a source of enjoyment, and a distraction from the usual course of life. When the people turned their thumbs downward, it meant that they wanted the gladiator dead. It was a signal to drop their swords. When a gladiator won, he was awarded with a wooden sword, which symbolized the end to his life as a combatant, and the start of a new life as a freedman. Often, Gladiators suffered from severe head injuries, and were extremely bruised, and wounded. There were several classes of gladiators, which were differentiated by the use of arms, and modes of fighting. For instance, the Samnites fought with weapons, like a visor, a plumed helmet and an oblong shield. Yet others are believed to have been blindfolded, and fought on horseback. On several occasions, these gladiators became politically powerful, as they served as bodyguards to some of the most turbulent men of Roman antiquity. The arena for gladiatorial combat was the Flavian Amphitheater, or the Roman Colosseum, as it is known today. According to modern historians, the Colosseum had a seating capacity of 50,000 to 80,000 people. According to most accounts, its construction was carried out the Emperor Vespasian, followed by his son, Titus. A large chunk of the funds required to build the amphitheater, came from the riches of the Jewish Temple, which was captured during the First Roman-Jewish War, and the subsequent capture of Jerusalem. Therefore it is not surprising to learn, that most of the workforce comprised of Jewish people, who were brought back to the city of Rome. Historians also mentioned Domitian, who had constructed a hypogem, meaning an underground tunnel, to house the slaves and animals, who were let out through the trapdoors, during the fights. During the inaugural games, as much as 9,000 wild animals were killed. The gladiators underwent rigorous training in the gladiatorial schools. One of the leading such schools, was the Lutus Magnus. One can also view them as fortress prisons in which these famed warriors, lived, and trained. If one was to talk about the most famous and skilled gladiators, several names come to mind. One such name, is that of Spartacus. He belonged from Thrace, which was located somewhere in southeast Europe. Initially a bandit, or an insurgent against Romans, he was captured as a slave and sold to Vacia, who owned a gladiatorial school. During his time in the gladiatorial school, Spartacus organized a breakout, which led to several gladiators escaping the prison, with kitchen knives and makeshift weapons. During this time, the Roman Republic was busy fighting with Spain, and so, the escapades of Spartacus failed to gather attention. Spartacus's rebellion therefore, continued to ambush the Roman units and freed countless slaves, who inhabited the rural areas. His death still serves as a wholesome mystery to most historians, however it did have a significant impact on his refined cavalry. Yet another interesting aspect of the gladiatorial combats was that of the female gladiators, who were matched against dwarves, and wild animals. The contest between Achillea and Amazon still continues to represent an excellent example of female combats. Even though they were heavily outnumbered by their male counterparts, their battles nonetheless served as an exotic spectacle to the Roman audience. A marble relief from Halicarnassus depicts these two women as warriors facing each other. There are scanty accounts which talk of female gladiators, but some historians suggest that they were trained by private tutors. Gladiators often paid a subscription fee for burial clubs, which ensured them a ceremonial burial. Evidences have been unearthed from Southwark, London, back in 2001. The bronze statue of another female gladiator has been found in Germany. It is also interesting to note, that gladiators irrespective of their gender, were expected to fight bare-chested the story of the mighty gladiators is enough to entertain our curious minds. It wasn't just a story of fights, and battles, but the lost stories of many, and the struggles of the past. Well, with this we come to an end, to a brief tale about the mighty warriors of ancient Rome. I'll see you next time, with another intriguing story from the vast corpus of historical events.